one knows how to play poker. Poker, poker. But do you know how to play poker well? Well, get ready to talk poker strategy with the people who run the games. Hear interviews with the stars. Get information on when to play, where to play, and how to play better poker. Poker. This is Poker Action Live, a weekly poker show with your hosts Big Dave Lemon and Joe Rodriguez. And welcome once again, everyone. Big Dave Lamb and Joe Rodriguez here. Another edition of Poker Action Line and the World Series of Poker. Now completely over. Last year or uh, last week, I should say, when we were doing the show, we had about uh, about ten players left in the uh, big one for one drop. We had already crowned a champion uh, and talked about it a little bit last week. But I guess we can consider this show tonight a part two of the World Series main event, and we'll talk about some of the things not only that happened on the felt, but out around the felt that we. Uh, we found kind of interesting, and we'll talk about some of that. We'll also uh, talk about the great victory for Justin Bonomo and the big one for one drop, something Joe kind of foreshadowed here on the show last week. <laughs> with 11 players. I think I'm gonna, 11 I'll left. only take credit with 11 left. Uh, you told me he was in sixth as we were starting the show, and I had mentioned to you right before we got on the air, I said I'd keep my eyes on Bonomo because even though he was probably about one and a half to two times uh, in chips to the leaders, I said he had enough chips that he could do some serious damage. I think damage. Fedor was leading at Fedor the time. Fedor was Fedor leading. Holtz and uh, a and lot be, of great players obviously still left. Right. And before we even got off the air, our show's an hour long, he was already at the, at the chip leader. Well, what happened was he was had like 6 million chips, and all of a sudden he had 30 million chips. He exactly. had two big hands, or 16 to 30, something like that. He had two big hands in a row of at least like $8 million, eight million chips. Well, that's why when you said that, because I think Fedor at that time was sitting with 20-something million and you said he had six or seven million, and I said, well, you know, he just needs a double up, maybe two back to back. And you know, this is a man who's probably been playing the best poker of anybody this year. Right. You know, with with all and on a heater, success, no question about it. You know, and and it's just that confidence level that you have when you're there. You know, you're not worried that you're three or you know that you're three to one, four to one behind the chip leader with eleven players, and also they were only paying what was it, six players. With five. A million, or was it five? Yeah. I'm sorry, I thought it was six. So with a million-dollar entry fee, that's a lot more pressure on you also. But I, like I said uh, to you right before we got on the air, I think I'd put my money on Bonomo winning this. He just needs one hand, and apparently he got it while we were on the air and then got another one, and and he just snowballed that into into the victory. Uh, well, of course, uh, there was only 27 players, 27 which entries, which we were surprised because they were taking as many as 48, and uh, they fell well short. But uh, $10 million for first place, uh, unlike the $18 million, I think, that uh, Antonio won yes. uh, a few years ago when it yes. was first started. But uh, $10 million st- is a still a huge prize, and uh, that uh, uh, lifts uh, Bonomo into the all-time money-winning lead, uh, passing Negreanu. He now has won just under $43 million in his so career. That's something. Negranu, 39-6, and Eric Seidel and is now just at $34 million in And that place. tells you how impressive Negranu's is. We know that he fires a lot of bullets, but he came in second a few years ago uh, in the big one. Uh, remember when I think it was it... Uh, Who's the player that everyone criticized that he wound up wound up losing to him, Daniel? Uh, the guy who didn't have uh, he he caught a lot of heat for his comments and his beliefs. Yeah, I don't uh, remember. I don't remember for charity. He really wasn't big on the charity part of it or something. And and Daniel won like fourteen million dollars oh, uh, for, for that. Dan, Dan Coleman. Coleman that's that what it, I was going to say. Dan Smith, but I knew it wasn't him. Yeah, Dan Smith finished third in this one uh, this uh, last week. Uh, yeah, it was Antonio Esfandiari winning $18 million plus in 2012. Dan Coleman 
$15.3 million and in 2014. Won, I mean, Daniel got like second uh, for $10 million or something like that. And Elton Sang from Hong Kong finished uh, on top in the uh, European one uh, in 2016. And then back here, this was the fourth edition uh, for the big one for one drop. We'll get into more of that in a little bit, talk about a few hands from there. Uh, there's some great stuff. There was an unbelievable hand. Once they got to the money, the first two knockouts came on the same hand, a double knockout. Wow. Holds, which is a very interesting hand. Uh, but I want to touch on a local tournament here. Uh, the Isle Casino is uh, having their Florida State Poker Championships. It's not the main event, but a very nice field for the $1,100 buy-in. And uh, I came across this little story of a guy who entered today. Uh, I guess there was 14 players that entered. They had 72, I think, that uh, moved on out of about uh, 341. Okay. Uh, moved into today. And you were allowed to buy until the first cards were pitched today. And a lot of people took advantage of that. My question to you is, you're coming in to get a 30,000 chip stack, and you got players with 420 million, two players over 400, or 400,000, two right. players over 400,000. So you're coming in 10, 11 to 1 down in chips. Yeah, and not only that, but the I would think... The blind structure's got to be... That, yeah. that, that, to me, is the, uh, even more important. Blind what the blind structure is, was uh, at the start. Level 15, uh, 2,000, 4,000 with a 4,000 annual. Okay, so these are people that you know are going to start gambling right away because they've got actually less than 10 big blinds to start with. Now, maybe it was 50,000 chips. I'm not sure. Okay, well, if it was 50,000, you you know, you're... you're I think it was 30, though. Okay, but at 30, you've got less than 10 big blinds to come in. Now, the only reason I would imagine some of these players, and you said 14 Why would you do them, that? That's my question. Well, you're looking at the field. Let's, uh, you know, it's I'm, a great I'm, field. It's a tough field. Okay, but you're looking at who's left and who's got the chip lead. Right. Okay, so uh, obviously these are very confident poker players coming in this late to start with. And, you know, my guess is they... They looked at the field and thought that there was a place, a spot where they can early on, because you're going to need to do this early on, you're going to need to double up, you know, because uh, even at 4,000, let's assume it was 30,000. If you double up to 60, you've only got 15 big blinds. Right. Okay, so you've got a little bit of play. So my guess is these players, um, I don't know how good any of them are, how, you know. Well, this uh, is a pretty good player. It's a player I've heard of his name before, Michael Amato from uh, Bogoraton. And I wanted to, to just go over a couple of hands, because you've got to make something happen quick, Quickly, right? yes. Uh, that, that is the object. And then you also have to have someone in there who you think is going to give you that action. And you obviously, you know, I don't know if it comes to a point of you're trying to take advantage of their big stack because they're going to call you with a much weaker hand than you're going to push in with, or that you're going to be able to, you know, again... I don't know their style. I don't know if they were pushing all in right off the bat with you know with two thousand, four thousand, and whatever the Annie's. Okay, were well I'll correct that, that and say that the first hand that he sat down at the beginning of the day was fifteen hundred, three thousand. Okay, which is okay, a little bit better, but still thirty thousand. You're looking at ten big blinds. You, you right. earned yourself one more big blind. See, I think it's hardly worth it, but uh, as it was for him, he, he, this worked out pretty well. And let's put. I want to talk to you about the criticism that he got. He sat down at the table and he was a little bit under the thirty thousand. Uh, one player opened with a raise of eight thousand. He was the big blind and the ante, so he's got six thousand in the pot already. First hand. Not first hand. Well, this is, this is a couple of hands. Well, yeah, early. okay, okay. Uh, so someone raises to eight thousand. Uh, two cl- two uh, calls the the button and the small blind, and uh, he decides to ca- call. And uh, the players came, they came to the flop. King ten deuce. Okay. Uh, rainbow. Rainbow. All right. 
the action checked around. Finally, uh, the small blind led with a uh, after the seven fell on the turn. Okay, so everyone checked the flop. Everyone checked it around on a flop. So the small blind first act is comes out betting on the turn. Uh, Amado shoves all in. Right after for, him? Right after him for 23-5. Uh, the two other players folded. Martinez made the call. He had jack seven of diamonds. So he had a, he's he had got a the pair, pair. Bottom pair. And Amato had king queen okay, of so spades. He, so he had gotten top pair. He was right. hoping to get some action when he checked it with right. the players behind him. Right. So ace came on the river. Uh, it doubled up to 85,000. Okay. Uh, they said. What if he was criticized? Yeah, one of the players said, You're lucky you checked the flop. Why? I don't know. Well, he wanted Maybe because to then he wouldn't have got action, right? Is that the only reason uh, to say that? I guess it was. Yeah, be. but guess what? Th- th- that's a strategy that poker players do when you think that you, especially at this point of the tournament where you're short stacked, and re- you know to everybody else in the tournament, okay, you're you're going to check. You're hoping that you get someone catches something. You believe you're best with the king queen that he had, so. I, you know, I don't understand. Where, uh, yes, he got well, lucky, what, but the, he planned to get lucky. Yeah, and then one of the other guys says, what are you doing just calling the raise fleet preflop? Well, what's he going to do? Well, they're thinking they're he wanted to isolate. They're both criticizing the way he played they, the hand. They, yeah, well, listen, you know, he could have tried to isolate himself. Uh, again, I don't know who the other players were there, if he knew this was going I, I, that's the one criticism that I would agree with because you would. when you're short, that short stacked – you don't want to be playing, you know, a multi king queen, po- king queen suited against is a, is three a shove other right away against three other opponents. You you know, yeah. someone raced, so you know you've got to make a move. King queen is a pretty good hand. Someone could have raised with pocket nines, pocket eights. You could have isolated him and made him make a tough call. At worst, he folds. You pick up the blinds and the annies, and you just you know you've you've gotten a, at least a third of your stack more than what you started the hand with. Okay, and if you get called, well, listen, you, you know you have to take races. You know you're gonna have to take races. He caught a great flop for his hand. Okay, he second to act, he checked. All right, he was just a big blind. You know they could put him on any hand. He, I'm sure he was looking to push all in on the flop as soon as someone had come out with a bet. Okay, it checks around. Best case scenario, the small blind comes out betting. Now he doesn't want to have the people behind him calling. He wants to isolate that better that 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 player. He did by going all in. First two play two players after him acting folded, and the small blind doesn't know where he's at there. He doesn't know if his seven is good. If this guy's open ended and just trying to push him off since everybody checked, he gets a guy to call him with a much weaker hand, and yeah. and it worked out beautifully. That the only criticism is is him. Like I said, in, in my opinion, and again, I don't play at these things right now, but. Uh, was him trying to isolate the the original razor bef- uh, pre flop? Okay. Okay. That that's the only thing I could say. I don't think he I don't think he should get criticized catching that king. I know he's taking a chance, but he was hoping to get someone to make a bet that he could go all in. Right. He got it, and it worked out it's wonderfully the, for him. Flops top pair. He doesn't want everybody folding. Mm-hmm. Okay. The very next hand, uh, the action folds around to uh, the player who was the small blind the hand before. And he raises to 13,000. On the button. On the button. On the button, right. correct. Uh, so Amato shoves all in. Right after that. Right after that. 
he hasn't even stacked up his chips yet that he won from the hand before. before. Uh, the big blind asks for exact count, and he reshoves over the top for 150,000. That's not really good. That's not really good because I'm thinking <laughs> one of them has. Well, I would imagine he probably looked down at either queens, kings, ace, king, and his reshove guy would probably have aces or kings. Well, let's see. The, or, or he thought he was just fooling around and the trying player to push who let him. out folds. Okay. Uh, so Amato was at risk for his tournament. He had ace ten. And what did his uh, what spades. did the re raise uh, ace ten of spades? The re raise had pocket queens. Okay. So we he he's he's a big favorite there. He's not even a coin. That's not a coin flip. So the the flop comes ace nine ace. He <laughs> smashes the flop. <laughs> Board runs out, uh, nine king, uh, no no real suiting involved there. But uh, So the opponent was actually drawing dead on the turn. So in two hands, no, he goes from... No, his opponent wasn't, because the ten came on the turn? No, nine on the another no. nine on the turn. Oh, another nine, so he had the full house. I'm yeah. sorry, I, I missed I heard that, right. okay. Uh, so he turned his hand from 28,000 into 200,000, 204,000 in, And in this is hands. one of the guys who entered very late. He entered at the beginning of day two. Okay, which was the last right. chance before the first cards were dealt. Right. So he entered with the very short stack, and look where he was at right and now. To me, that would be <laughs> throwing away $1,100. But obviously he figured he yeah, had a he shot with his, doing, his hand. He really wanted to play bad, I And guess, guess what? You Seems know, like you, a lot of money to You're only away. facing, what was it, 70-something opponents at that point before day two? Because the others had already been eliminated? Uh, Seventy-two left. Seventy-two so then left. Eighty-six when they started the day, but there, uh, you got at least twenty players over a hundred grand. Okay, but you're you know you've eliminated, you know what, two thirds of the field or more because it was three hundred something that entered the f the field. Yeah. So you know so you you're coming in. From so all you have to do is get to 40. that point where he got to. Right to where he got to get get to 120 to 150, and now you've got plenty of time to play. You got plenty of big blinds. You know he knew he had to gamble, and and you know so far from what you've told me, it's worked out. I, the first hand, I don't see a whole lot of criticism there. Second hand, so here is the criticism on why, the second hand. Oh, Some guy says right out, he "Why says, would you do that?" He says, "You're playing Ace Ten there, man. Come on." Well, listen, I would imagine after that he put a lot of people on tilt just because of the style of play that he was playing right there. Yeah. Um, and this is going on right now as we speak? Yeah, it started at noon today. The play started at noon today, and so we're about eight hours in. They're down to 14 players. And is he still alive? He is still in. There you go. There Let you go. Let me see if I can get his chip stack. You know? Either way, he's made the money. Either way, he's already he, made the final money. table, not final two tables. Eighteen pl with eighteen players left, he was still in. Let's put it that okay, way. Okay, so he made see. the money already because I'm sure they were paying the the thirty top thirty six if they if they're playing ten percent of the field. Uh, he's kind of has a sh well, shorter stack. Four hundred five thousand. Chip leader had one point two seven five million. Okay, but think about it. He's a shorter stack, but when he started this tournament, he was ten to one from the chip leader. To the stack that stack that he has now he's three to one. Right. So right now he 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 gets a double up he gets a double up, and he's and and he's the chip leader or or right next to the chip leader, and uh, again we don't know if he's still alive with fourteen we know he was alive with I eighteen. I think players. he is. So let me see if I can so. tell that. Yeah, I got the three players that were knocked out since then. 
So he is still in there with four, with 15 to go. Uh -huh. He was still in there. There you go. There you go. I mean, listen, you have to have a lot of confidence in your game. You have to go in there with a style that you know you're going to have to do. It's either go home early. I took my shot for 1,100. But if it works out, I've got a much shorter field to compete against. And if everything works out with me, eventually I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be up there to be able to compete with the big stacks. And guess what? In two hands, like you said, he moved from 28,000 to what? Like almost 200,000? 204,000. 204,000. All of a sudden, you've got a lot of chips to play with, and not only that, you've got a lot of people questioning how you play poker at that table who are going to now give you a lot of play. I don't know how good this player is, but he has a lot a, of confidence in himself, fairly, fairly or someone has man. a lot of confidence in him who might have brought him in. Right. So, well... They're supposed to finish tonight. I think I'm going to head over there after the show and see if I can catch some of the end Good. of it. Or maybe they might go, go to a final table tomorrow, but we'll see. Anyway, that's the Isle Casino Florida State Poker Championship. Still coming up as their main event, which uh, is still a couple days away, I guess, this weekend. Uh, let's see. There's a seniors tournament tomorrow, which I'm mulling over the possibility of playing. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's kind of a thrown away 200 bucks, but uh, Don't say that. Because yeah. if you do I've that, you might as well lately. stay home. Yeah, I know. You might as well stay home. You know, that, I that's think what I might do is if there's a final table tomorrow starting early, I might go check that out and maybe end up talking myself into playing. There you go. But if you talk yourself into it, talk yourself into knowing that you have a shot to win it. I guess. Okay. I I don't I don't go into any if I if I ever gamble with with not knowing what I'm doing <laughs> uh, or figuring that I don't have a shot I might as well just throw that money out the wind the car windows I'm heading to the casino because that's all that's going to happen. Main event starts on Thursday, uh, July 26th. It's a $1,500 buy-in. The championship event, 500,000 guaranteed, uh, and they will play uh, till the 31st. Will be the final day. Anyway. I'll check it out and uh, see how it's going. Uh, Ken Lambert, the new uh, poker room director over there, nice guy. Uh, You've had a some chance to talk to him yeah, already? Yeah, I have talked Good. to him. I had an interview on the show. Is Vinny still there also? And is Vinny, Vinny is still his there. assistant? Vinny is still there. Disappointed he didn't get the head job, but uh, I don't know. I'm he surprised. Probably be there Vinny, for a while. Vinny has been a very loyal soldier well, Ken, there. Ken has been around for a long qualified. time, uh, and I talked about it with the interview with him, but started in Vegas, but uh, was a player's uh, poker room manager in Tunica and and it goes way back and knows all the bigs. Uh, he said, hey, he knew Stuart Younger very well. Good. And that, you know, they probably wanted someone who has that experience to move on, you know, to get this. I mean, think about it, Dave. You know, we've always said that the big jobs are in Vegas and stuff like this. Well, let me tell you, the numbers that Florida Poker Rooms are putting up down here are just unreal. Are really unreal, considering... You know, that we're still infants more, you know, it's been, what, eight years since they really opened everything up in 2010? So, you know, the aisle has, has always been one of those when Mike Smith was there. led. You know, they were always fighting with the uh, Palm Beach Kennel Club in, in West Palm Beach for first place. We know Jacksonville, because of how they've, they've done their business up there, have taken over officially the, the number one because of how they put all those things together up in that section of the state. But still, you know, the aisle is, is a coveted job. You know, when Mike Smith left, he, he left that thing running very smoothly, very nicely, and only left to take over a new, you know, right. very fertile area of, 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 of uh, Baltimore and Maryland that 
that he has that he also turned into one of the top three or four poker rooms in the whole country. And Best Bet also uh, has a player that plays there regularly that is the now World Series of Poker runner-up. There you go, main event runner-up. So you know the the you know when you come down here to take all take over one of these rooms here, especially when you're competing against the Hard Rock, you know you've got to be a top-notch level player. Um, Man, I really wish Vinny. I, I haven't had the chance to meet Ken yet, but you know I've known Vinny for a long time since he was a break-in dealer, uh, working with his dad for many years, and um, I'm sure Vinny is going to get his chance yeah, he'll get his soon shot. because no he is very, very talented poker person. Okay, let's take our first break in the show. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about the main event and. Uh, the TV coverage and what happened in that one, a couple stories surrounding it. Uh, we'll also uh, talk about the big one-for-one one drop probably in the third segment and uh, let you know what else is coming around up here in town. And should be a lot of fun this summer as the Seminole Hard Rock Poker Open is uh, August 2nd through the 14th. Let's take a break on the show. We'll be back after these messages. Stay with us. We'll be back. This is Poker Action Live. This is Big Dave for PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. Want to know what's really cool? Your charitable tax-deductible donation every time you play. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com, the feel-good gateway to fun and prizes. Play free. Learn our system. Get 50,000 free chips and play for prizes. Play for scholarships that benefit Caribbean students. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. Take it from Big Dave. A win for you is a donation to Caribbean education. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. Can you tell if the surfaces in this kitchen are crawling with bacteria that could cause chronic arthritis? Listen. Can't, can you? You can't see it either. Wash surfaces, utensils, and hands frequently with soapy water while preparing food, especially when handling raw meats or eggs. Raw food may contain bacteria that can make you very sick or worse. One in six Americans will get sick from food poisoning this year, and roughly 3,000 will die. But you can keep your family safer by cleaning with soap and water as you go. Learn more about this and other important information. Check your steps at foodsafety.gov. That's foodsafety.gov. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Agriculture, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council. My name is Dale Pazinski, and this is how I live United. I volunteer with United Way, helping the homeless in my community by teaching computer skills and helping them build a basic resume to save on their very own USB drive. It's huge when somebody says, hey man, that job that you helped me apply for, I got it. My name is Dale Pazinski. I help people achieve financial independence. So I don't just wear the shirt, I live it. Give, advocate, volunteer, live united. Go to liveunited.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. Welcome back to the show, Big Dave and Joe. And uh, Joseph, answer me this question. Yes, sir. Do you like heads-up poker? Do I like heads-up poker? Not watching it, but actually playing it. Playing it. Well, I like not in a cash game because I'm not really built for that. But in a tournament? Say, say even just a heads-up yeah, tournament. The, oh, oh, you mean that, that, that the tournament is heads-up? Yeah. Um, no. No, because I think, I think early on in a tournament for that particular thing, my style right now isn't suited for that. If I played a little bit more aggressive... You know that that's the that's the staple that I think you need to have in heads up 
Uh, are, you, are you saying you're a tidy whitey? No, no, I, I haven't done that. I've I've gone away from that, but usually by the time I, that I've gotten heads up, I like playing in a six-handed cash game. You know, six-handed max tables. And the reason I've always enjoyed that is because I thought that always prepared me for getting to the final table of tournaments. And I had had, you know, good success with that. And I said, okay, well, you know, if this is, you know, you need to play against lesser fields to get the feel of it. You know, final table, uh, depending on how big the prize pool is, you know, you're playing it a little different, also depending on your chip stack. So heads up. If I'm in a tournament, yeah, I love playing heads up because I know I'm in for, I'm going to win, win it or come in second, and I'm going to collect money. Cash games, no, you know, I, I prefer having a few more players there. I'm not necess- I don't necessarily like playing with nine-handed or ten-handed uh, cash games. That's why I said I love playing six-handed. It's a little different style. It's a little more aggressive at that point. Heads up. The reason I like being heads up in the tournament is usually. What, by the time you're heads up, even if it's a final table, it's going to take a little while by the time you get heads up. So you've got a feel on your opponent. Right. You may not have played that person leading to that final table, depending on how many players are in there. If I have a history with this player and I think I've, you know, that I've got their, their style down as to how they play, and I don't, you know, they 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 don't go up and down, you know, that they're kind of consistent, which most players are, you know, they'll change it up a little bit, but they, they usually revert back to what they feel most comfortable with. I don't mind playing somebody like that, but coming into, let's say, an online or in a casino and it's a heads-up table, I don't know who you are, obviously you don't know who I am, and my style may not match the style that you have, and you could take advantage. While, you know, again, same thing. It could be a reverse where my style right. takes advantage of yours. I don't like that in a cash game. I prefer having a few more players in, in, the, in the pot. One, because it leads for you to make different decisions that I think I'm better suited at, at calculating at those points. And... In a tournament, yeah, I want to play heads up. That's why yeah, I love playing that six obviously. thing because because you know <laughs> you, you, you know win. you're looking at a good payday and you're one away from winning the, the winning the well, the, well let's the let's tournament. Fa- let's face it today there's so many chops there's so few tournaments get down to head to head play uh, at the World Series they don't facilitate any chopping so uh, those are always played to the end uh, if you like heads up poker. Then you got plenty in the World Series of Poker main event. Uh, they got down to head-to-head uh, in the final night. They started with three. Michael Dyer got knocked out about two hours in. And head-to-head play lasted another ten hours. Yeah, we discussed that last week, that they played ten hours. And here's the reason that ten hours there is, you know, they did have fluctuation of chip counts as to who had the big lead. But you, you really didn't have, except for that one hand that you were telling me right before we got on the air, because unfortunately my other job did not allow me to see a lot of that heads-up tournament where Miles was about 2-1 to one underdog to Sin and made a big move you know, on one hand. Not that there was a ton of chips in there, because I think Sin would have been obligated to call, but he, you know, he, he pushed it enough, and eventually Miles, again, overcame him in chips. Right. In chips. But think about it. You know, I guarantee you these two gentlemen... Okay, Sin was a quote the professional player of the two. Okay, but you're talking three point eight million dollar difference yeah, between right. first and second. Exactly. I mean, you're happy you're going to walk away with no less than five million, but man, when you sit back and think about it, go, oh my God, you know, I could have had almost another eighty percent, seventy five percent more than what I already made because of the difference between first and second. So you have that strong battle. 
and man, it takes a lot. I can't even imagine heads up for ten hours with with another player. Uh, the stamina that you need physically and even more importantly mentally. You've, you've, I guess these guys had to put away the 3.8 million. You think about it when you finally get there and they put all that freaking those all those stacks of of hundreds on the table. You can't help but think about it and you're playing with that money there. But I would imagine that eventually, if you're going to win this tournament, you have to put that out of your mind. Yeah. You know you. You, you really, I think, I mean, again, I'd love for someone to ask what you're asking me, to ask one of these players, whether it's this year or any of the previous years in the main event when they got heads up, if that money, after they bring it out and do the ceremonial, dumping that money on the table, you know, I, I, I can't help but you're thinking, oh, man, what I'm going to do with that money and all of this. And then you're worried because you don't want to make one mistake that keeps you away from picking up an additional three. You're playing for $3.8 million. That's, that's in essence, what you're doing heads up there. Well, there's a much-talked-about hand uh, with both players had, had, small, had seven high uh, that's been talked about quite a bit. And I'll get to that in just a second. But there was an earlier hand that impressed me more for Miles. Uh, he, uh, this is about uh, maybe two and a half hours into play that night, maybe an hour into heads-up play, something like that. Uh, they, I'm, I'm figuring, you know, that's been a pretty long time. This tournament could, could be coming to an end pretty soon. Uh, Sin at the time, John Sin, had uh, $268 million, And I, I can't speak about Sin high enough. Uh, he uh, played so well, and it was really impressive. Yeah, but yeah. Miles kind of became my hero a little bit. Uh, he had 125 million, so he's got less. So than, he's, so he's about two and a half to a one. Little, a little, not two a little and a half, two but a little over two to one. Right. Uh, Sin raised from the button to five million. Miles calls from the big blind. The flop is Jack four. I guess I should say what they have. Uh, Miles is holding seven five offsuit. Sin is holding six four offsuit. Okay. Okay. The flop is Jack of diamonds, four of diamonds. Three of hearts. The only one who has a diamond is Miles. Okay. Uh, Miles, uh, uh, or, uh, Sin checks. Miles uh, calls a 4.5 million. Or actually, uh, Miles checks. Uh, Sin uh, bets 4.5 million. And uh, then there's uh, the call from Miles. Uh, so the turn now is a three. So uh, Sin was had flopped a pair. Now he's turned two pair. Right. And so Miles checks. Sin bets six and a half million. Miles check raises him to twenty million. And Sin makes and the Sin call. makes the call. Yep, I remember. All right. Okay. Uh so basically Miles has just about nothing there. He's got does have a straight a gut shot straight draw. Right. Uh but the king comes on the river, which is a blank for both players. And Miles, after thinking about it for a little bit, decides to shove all in for $95.3 million, which I thought was just absolutely huge balls. Well, uh, I think he read the scenario. You know, Tell us what you think he was thinking. My thinking was, I mean, again, I had not seen a whole lot of these actions as to how Sin got up there. But watching when they, when they were five-handed, Sin was making a lot of moves at pots that people had showed weakness. Miles had checked. And then Miles took that raise, and I remember Cotter did the same thing to Sin. He, by calling a raise that Sin had done and then coming out betting, and I'm sure Miles had that in the back of his head, how Sin let the hand go. Now, with him betting $6 million and then getting re-raised on the turn to $20 million and making the call, I'm sure Miles 
correctly put him on a pair of fours. You know, but that's not something he's going to be real proud of. He's hoping that something else would have come up for right, him right. that would have made him a hand. Sin didn't put Miles, I don't think, on a three because I don't think he would have made that call. So Miles took the initiative at this point because he knows the only way he can win this pot is by making a bet. And he's going to make a bet now that's going to put his opponent to the test where, imagine, he started with $125 million. If he did have the better hand and Sin loses this, all of a sudden now he's at 250 and Sin is down at 140 And now, you know, he's got $100 million more chips than, than, than right. his opponent. And, you know, I, I think he, he made a call based on how Sin had been playing. And, again, I had not, not watched up to that point, but either he got tired of Sin pushing him around, okay, had noticed, because I remember Sin was making moves like that, and Kata was picking him off until Miles took him out with his pocket tense. I think he got a little over-aggressive. And my guess is either Miles just got frustrated and said, I need to win this hand, or else I'm not going to have a chance anyway, because I'm going to be down to $90 million or so in chips. He didn't want to come out with a $40 million wager, and it's either, oh, you know, he wants this guy to call $40 million at that point with the chip stack that the other guy has. I'm going to call you and say, show me a better hand. $95 million. I'm going to sit there and go, damn, did this guy just catch a king on me? You know, does he have a four with, with, with uh, an ace kicker? You know, where now he would have fours and threes. You, you'd be, Sin would be playing the king that came on the river as his kicker. He's got the ace. Or did maybe he really had a queen on the flop and was slow playing it. He put too many thoughts in his mind, yeah. and I think Miles realized that if he had come out with a bet that was thirty to fifty million in chips, I think Sim would have been would have been forced to call just for the value of that pot to see if he could catch him bluffing. Well, it's a dramatic point because there was a good chance that could have been the end of the tournament right there. Of course, he knows uh, if he's called, he's done. He turns him over and he congratulates his opponent exactly. for winning. Sim tanks for about three minutes and finally folds. So that uh, kind of evens things up a little bit. Uh, Sin still has 238 million miles, 155 million. Uh, but later on, so I went to bed about 2.30 our time. Okay. Uh, and figuring, well, I, I don't know how long this thing is going to last, but I woke up at 6.30 and went out and looked at the TV, and they're still playing, and it came, it just so happened that I came out on this famous hand now that is kind of famous, and I got to see this real quick. I'm half asleep, so I didn't wasn't really figuring it out too well. But uh, Miles had let out, uh, made it nine million, picked up a call from Sin, and the flop was Queen of Hearts, Eight of Diamonds, Five of Hearts on the flop. Now, what were the chip stacks at this point? Is what the, I, chip what, the stacks, one question I need to ask you real quick. I'm always interested uh, in the chip stacks at this point because this may explain. What occurred in this particular hand, which is, uh, you know, I'm sure made the rounds. Here it is, Joe. Uh, two, about 240 million for Sin and about 155. No, no, I'm sorry. Did I say 225, that? 225. 225 for Sin and about okay. uh, 170 for for. So, well, it's not too. Know, they're pretty they're, close. Yeah, they're okay. very close. About, I'd say probably somewhere around 55, 45, maybe a little bit less one way or the other. So uh, this is a this is a very big hand at this point. So you you said the flop had come. Queen eight five, two, uh, two hearts. Two hearts, and the players had at this point. 
players are holding. Uh, Miles is holding uh, seven, six of spa- uh, uh, black black cards. So he's open ended. open ended first straight because it came queen eight. And five. Sin is holding seven, four of hearts. Okay, seven four. So he's uh, okay. So, so they both have a gut shot. No, well, no. Uh, Miles has Miles an has an open ender. Sin has the gut but shot. But Sin has two hearts, doesn't he? Right. So he so has. He, so he's he has, has not only draw. the gut shot; he has the flush draw with two cards to come. Right. Okay. So here's the bets. Uh, uh, Sin checks. Miles uh, bets twelve million. Uh, Sin check raises to 32 million, and Miles moves all in for his stack of 146. And Sin, Sin does Sin make that call? Uh, he took him, took a minute, in? and makes the call, which is huge on both ends. I I think Miles may have sensed that he was moving up, and may have Sin, you know, again, open ended. He thinks he's going good. Uh, Sin making the call after Miles went all in, you know, if he was open-ended, I could understand some of that, but he wasn't open-ended. Um, but he did have the flush draw and the six as an out for, for getting the straight. Right. I don't think I fought too much Miles as far as making that bet there because you, your opponent has to have really crushed that flop, you would imagine. To take that chance with two cards to go, because if he doesn't think about it, if he hits that flop, he now has his opponent easily more than six to one, and you know at that point that that tournament's almost over because uh, he would have been left with about fifty, sixty million, and there's three hundred and ninety million chips in play. Right. So, you know, I, it was a ballsy move on both parts there. I, 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 I don't really fault Miles too much on that point there, being open-ended, thinking, hey, I got eight outs to catch this. A gutsy call. You though, know, though. but it was a gutsy yeah, it was absolutely. a gutsy call by Sin where he correctly knew that his opponent didn't have anything, but he didn't have anything either. He was just on a better draw than his opponent in the sense that he just needed a heart. Any heart hits, this game is, the, you know, the tournament is over. And, uh... It was an interesting run out, if I recall. Yeah, well, Jack on the turn, Jack of Spades on the turn, and then a Jack of Diamonds on the river. So, so they chop. So, so now the here's the interesting play. thing: you've got 390 million chips in the center of that of that of that table, and they split it with a seven high each in their hand. Correct. That's that's something you may never see again in in in, in your poker world. Uh, you know, especially. For that amount of money, and that's at three thirty in the morning Vegas time. They've been playing for six and a half hours. That's, at that point, that could have been a big factor as to why they both pushed in at this. You know, like I said, the physical and mental fatigue that you start getting after this heads-up play is just brutal. It's just I, I, can't, I can't imagine it. So that is a ballsy move. No, not by six and a half hours. They've been playing for nine and a half. Oh, hours at that point they were no, playing. No, no, about said, eight and a half. You're right. So about eight and a half. And it was going to go another what two hours? It was going to go another two hours. Okay, that close but at that point, either one is figuring if I win this, Sin wins this, it's over. And if Miles wins it, it's almost close to being over. Okay. You know, he'd have to double up twice to get back to almost even. And of course, William Kasuf uh, is excited and tweeting out seven high like a boss. Yeah. And uh, all his little catchphrases. Anyway, uh, I want to get to uh, Kasuf in a second, but uh, uh, the tournament ends up going two more hours. Sin wins. Uh, there was one little controversy down the stretch because 
Uh, a lot of people accused John Sin on the final hand of slow rolling uh, Miles. Miles actually kind of uh, led to a comment about it, but uh, there was a uh, king in Sin's hand, and the flop was uh, well. There was two. Uh, there was two kings on the flop. Okay. And he had uh, he had the set of kings. So um, as as it turns out. Uh, you know, he waited. He was thinking it over, thinking it over. A lot of people felt he just sort of snap called, and that was it. But people explained. Players, good players, said, "Listen, they've been playing for ten hours. He certainly has a. He's tired. He certainly has a right to think it over when he can close things out here once again." And a lot of people really defended him. Uh, but there was some criticism that there. He uh, thought that, they that, slow played. They slow played, and and a sin for himself or for Miles for himself. Uh, wrote out a little uh, story about it, la- uh, note to people on Twitter, and said, uh, kind of explain his thoughts. Um, he his now his good friend John Sin uh, apologized. Uh, he apologized to Sin for his reaction at the at the moment. He was very disappointed in losing, and uh, he came, he went out and he wrote a note on Twitter and said he he just wanted to take a moment. Uh, to address his immediate reaction at the end of the tournament. He said, I had a brief moment of weakness and lost my composure. I'm a very emotional person, and I love this game. Maybe hard for people to understand the pressure of the situation. <laughs> There's no excuse to what I said to John following the hand. In retrospect, I do not believe in any way that it was a slow roll. We were playing for millions of dollars, and John had every right to take his time and talk through his decision. Uh, my immediate reaction of angst and frustration was unwarranted. I take full responsibility for what I said. No, there's no excuse. My parents raised me to be a gentleman. My goal was to be gracious whether I won or lost. So for this, I apologize. Uh, he said, I'm uh, sorry to the, a lot of the millions of people uh, who are watching on TV. As soon as I knew I was drawing dead, I just wanted to run away and escape the Thunderdome as quickly as possible, but I didn't. I pulled myself together. I realized how blessed I was to be there and how much I wanted uh, and to be proud of myself and hold John's hand up for the photo. So he says, I think we'll be uh, good friends for a long time. He thanked everybody who supported him, and he said it was a ride of a lifetime and appreciated that I ran way above EV to get into this position. Well, let me tell you, that's a pretty classy uh, Absolutely. Uh, letter that he wrote there, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. That, that was extremely classy. And, you know, I guess playing 10 hours, you know, after everything was done, Think about it. You you almost have to have an unbelievable respect for your opponent, and you've got to feel that they had the exact same respect. I mean, you know, this thing wasn't over in half an hour after they eliminated Dyer. This this took ten and a half hours, and emotions do sometimes get the better of you. I've seen you know then then we see Mike Mattisau years ago threaten Sean D because he slow played him on a hand. He says, "I'll kill you if you do that again," or something Funny like that. Bring that up because we got some Sean D discussion. Well, there's, you, you understand, it happens. And and again, he thought about it. Uh, was it that Sin thought about going all in with the three kings when he had the three kings? And and uh, because I know you explained it, but I, I, I couldn't <laughs> quite get because you were mentioning you were mentioning right away that he was thinking about making the move all in whether he should or not or his opponent had already made the all in move and he was thinking about calling and and again if that was the case it was it was sin was just tanking him for a minute over whether he should call or not uh, and uh, all the flop in, was and a king king 5 
uh, two hearts. Oh, and this uh, cap eight was a turn. And and but when did he have to think about going all in? When did he have to think about uh, making after the, the call? turn? Miles jammed for a one fourteen. Okay, million. so guess since, what? He has three kings. He can't think that his opponent may have had pocket eights and caught an eights full of kings. Or two hearts uh, or with a chance still to get a flush. Two, no, no, well, no. Two hearts, you're going to take your chances with, with three when, when you know you got three kings. What about if your opponent had the other king? I got you. And a better, a better kicker. You know, there, there are things for him to think about. When you slow players, when you know you've got the stone cold nuts, you know, it's not, it's and not, this wasn't way, the, this not, wasn't this this nuts. case here. You know, it's just I think the pressure of the time, the the hours that you've been playing against each other, and people made it a little bit more. And you know, to Miles' credit, you know that, that that young man. The more and more that you hear these things, the more and more he impresses you as 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 a person. And like he said, the way his parents raised him, you realize that wasn't a scenario of, of that really slow. You know. Uh, that this guy was really taking the time. He didn't have a full house. He had trip. He had trip kings. That's what he had. You know, he had trip kings. His opponent could have already had a full house or better trips with a better kicker than what right, he had. Right. So, you know, I, I I didn't know about this hand again because I my other job I missed some of these things. I, I, and it was eight thirty in the morning. Again, it's <laughs> I, I extremely classy, and I guarantee you, I I, I bet you these two young men are going to be stay friends for probably I the rest so. of their lives. Certainly will be connected in a lot of people's minds. Anyway, let's take our last break. We come back, we'll talk a little bit about the uh, Deeb uh, Kasuf uh, rumble on Twitter. And uh, we'll get to the uh, big one-for-one one drop as well when we come back. Stick around. We'll be back with more of the show when we return here on Poker Action Line. This is Poker Action Line. This is Poker Action Line. Hi, this is Big Dave from PokerActionLineRadio.com. I want to let all avid poker players know about a great new lottery game that was developed by one of our sponsors, Atlantic West Management Group. This game is now available worldwide on the Internet and will be served as Place Your Chips Caribbean and operated on the Internet as an international lottery by Atlantic West. The Texas Hold'em poker-like game is perfectly legal everywhere and presented as a lottery game with tickets available on the Internet. You can win pick six lottery tickets and cash prizes by using your poker playing skills. It's open to lottery players worldwide, and right now this game is in a play-for-free test mode, and you are not obligated to purchase anything. You can get 50,000 free play chips per ticket for the purpose of evaluating the game with no prizes awarded until the game goes live. The lottery customer can purchase a ticket with a unique number that will grant them entry into one of many Texas Hold'em poker tables with a chip stack and like a lottery game, the prize value will be based on ticket sales. That chip stack will be valid for the remainder of the week as players can access the site as often as they like to try and take the chip lead. At the end of the week, the highest chip stacks will be awarded lottery prizes, and if you lose all your chips, the lottery ticket becomes null and void. As with regular lottery games, you can purchase as many entries as you like. However, each ticket stands on its own merit, and much like the regular lottery, the results of multiple tickets cannot be combined toward a prize. The name of this game is Place Your Chips Caribbean, you can access a live demonstration of the game right now at www.placeyourchipscaribbean.com. We believe that when it goes live soon, there will be a heavy demand for this game, as most lottery players would much rather have some say in the outcome of their lottery result. Their odds of winning are greatly improved if they're able to utilize their playing skills in order to increase their chances of winning. I hope that you will try the Play for Free demonstration and hope that you will join us when the Play for Real game becomes available later this year. WFO Radio, NHRA Nitro, is all about the NHRA Full Throttle Drag Racing Series. 
featuring the NHRA's Alan Reinhardt. Race winners stop by to talk about bringing home the Wally. Every Tuesday night, following NHRA national events, NHRA Nitro is available on demand anytime on the WFO radio application and at WFORadio.com. Welcome back. Two of the upstanding citizens of poker, Sean Deeb and Will Kasouf, got into it. <laughs> Basically because uh, Deeb gets a tweet from his wife that, he's, that Will Kasouf is hitting on her. Uh, he says, uh, his first tweet was, uh, uh, the classic, is that your brother line? Come on, man. Uh, I don't mind Will's act, but I get why others hate it. And uh, Kasuf came back with a pretty good tweet. He said, for the record, I wasn't hitting on your wife. Please laugh out loud. I had never met her before. I didn't think you were married. I simply asked her if she was your sister as I thought she looked like you. Also, neither of you are my type anyway, so you don't need to worry. <laughs> so people started lining up and taking sides. Um, you know, they were people who were just absolutely uh, talking about uh, Kasuf's uh, speech play and and how there is some value. And then they brought up Deeb uh, uh, getting threatened by uh, Matisau, get to punch him in the face. Uh, he said Deeb turtled like a bitch when uh, Matisau threatened him for slow rolling. And uh, it went back and forth. But uh, we do know that Kasuf somehow weaseled his way until the Tony Miles camp had a T-shirt, the Team Miles T-shirt, and was photographed several times standing next to uh, Deeb's mother. Or not Deeb's mother, uh, Miles' mother. Miles' mother. So uh, that would be, uh, that would add a whole new freak uh, <laughs> song, wouldn't it? <laughs> Uh, that would have been worse than, than than the wife hitting. Even, even tweets, or even <laughs> <laughs> even Deeb's wife said uh, that Kasuf said, "I haven't, we haven't met. I'm Will. Are you Sean Deeb's sister?" And she said she that she said to him, "Wife, I know it's confusing. I'm way out of his league, so I'll give you a pass." Uh. The end. You boys are silly and petty. Worse, like little girls. Yeah. Well, listen. We we already know what Kasuf is like, and uh, you know, Deeb has had his uh, his own issues. But uh, like I said <laughs> in the segment before, I remember when he got threatened by Matisau and that thing, and uh, I'm surprised he didn't stand up. I, I think he did it more to have a little fun with Matisau than to you know yeah. nail it. You know, but Matisau he got with, mad with his mad. temper. I remember got very upset with that. Scenario. Well, anyway, the bottom line is Kasuf again. Two years later, gets himself back in the headlines and back in the Twitter, and uh, you know this guy will not go away. Well, hey, listen, he's he's trying to stretch those 15 minutes of fame out a little bit longer. So, okay, let's get to uh, uh, the. The million for one drop, big one for one drop, uh, $10 million first prize, which uh, ejects uh, Justin Bonomo into, into the top the spot yep. for all-time earnings. Uh, the final table was uh, six players, but only five would cash. First player knocked out was uh, David Einhorn, uh, who was a hedge fund manager that plays in these big million-dollar events and is not a professional in any way, but a very good player, and then also uh, always notes that the money he wins, any money he wins, will go to charity. Charity. So uh, he had a particular uh, charity that he was going to donate to since uh, the the One Drop uh, organization was getting all the money from the tournament, 
and he ends up getting knocked out early. With Einhorn gone now, we came to the big hand uh, of the tournament, really. I, I thought that everybody was pretty excited about looking at and pretty bizarre, but uh, you got five players left, and uh, they get into a hand. Uh, chip counts, uh, Fader has about 28 million, 28.7 million, Solomon 27 million, uh, Dan Smith 19 million, Coverman about 8 million, and of course Justin Bonham out in front with 51 million. So they came to the hand. Uh, and after the uh, cards were dealt, uh, Coverman goes all in for $8 million. And Rick Solomon has ace-king, but the problem was people suggested that he had flashed one of the cards. And Prior to Coverman going all in for $8 million, or did Fader Holtz? I don't know exactly when it Fader happened. Did Fader Holtz call that bet? Prior to, uh, I think it came in after, uh, after the $8 million okay. a shove by uh, Coverman. But uh, basically what we have then is uh, Jack Effel being called over to the table and taking a look at it and uh, discussing whether anybody saw the card and they determined that, uh, that there were some players that saw it and he, well, it must, the card must be exposed to everyone. It was the Ace of Hearts. So as it turned out, Solomon had Ace-King of Hearts. Okay. Uh, Holtz had Pocket Tens. Coverman had Ace-Five of Clubs. So he had gone all in. Solomon goes all uh, goes all in as well for 26.9 million. Uh, and Holtz uses four time extensions to decide what he's going to do. Eventually, he decides to call. And he called with. He called with pocket tens, which is ten uh, of clubs, ten of spades. Pretty ballsy move, knowing that that your opponent who who had 26 has you close to covered because at this point he loses this hand. Uh, he's going to be the next player out. Right. He would have been left with a little over a million in chips. The flop comes ace, king, deuce. So a uh, great hand for Solomon. Uh, he has the, the, the big hand. Uh, queen comes on the turn. Queen of clubs. Now uh, the clubs all of a sudden come into play now because Coverman has a chance to get the flush, uh, holding uh, two clubs. And uh, what two clubs does it say? What uh, Coverman at ace and five. The clubs were the deuce on the flop and the queen on the turn. Okay, so no, what I'm saying he had it's, uh, so then uh, the second club came on that that queen was a club. Right. Okay. So all right. Well, his only chance is a club. <laughs> and uh, the river turns out to be the ten of diamonds, which gives the hand to Holtz, knocking out both other players. Holtz had Solomon barely covered. So he gets fourth place money, uh, Solomon does, and Coverman gets fifth place of two yeah, and Also, think about it. You had a, a board that read Ace, King, Queen, Ten, and two and three people all in. Well, two people all in, the other one almost all in, and neither one of them, none of them had a jack. All you needed was a jack there for the, for the, for the Broadway. So uh, great call by Fader. Let me tell you, that's, that's, uh, that's a ballsy call with pocket tens when, you, when your opponent – Intentionally or unintentionally, but but if you know off the top that your the the guy who went all in for almost your whole stack is showing you an ace, that's a scary call, yeah, and I exactly. got to give him a lot of credit. He he got lucky though; he definitely got lucky. So that gave him the chip lead with about sixty-four million, uh, you know, and uh, Dan Smith left with eighteen million, Bonomo about fifty million, and they went on and head-to-head play again lasted a long time, but. Uh, Bonomo ends up winning. We may talk a little bit more about that next next week, but uh, that's the hand. That, that's the, the the setup that people wanted. They wanted to see Fader go against the hottest player in the game, 
Vader was the it. hottest player in the game two, and, two years ago. Yeah, exactly. And they got it. He's a tremendous player. So, you know, and this just also proves that sometimes you need some luck. You know, sometimes you just need a little bit of luck, and, uh, you know, Fader caught it. Yeah. So, Absolutely. So he wins, uh, Bonomo wins the $10 million. Fader collects $6 million for second place. And uh, some great head-to-head play, again, that people joined well into the morning. And uh, I think this close to the main event and the, the big one for one drop being afterwards, several other events with players like Brian Hastings and Sean Deeb, uh, winning bracelets down the stretch. Uh, I think uh, this was probably the most successful World Series of Poker ever. It was. I, I'm The only thing I'm questioning right now is being that the feel for the one drop was a lot smaller than they anticipated. Uh, Will they uh, keep it in the same uh, uh, Right. Maybe, maybe if it had been done more towards the middle and, and build up a, 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 you know, a, a momentum into that instead of after the main event where a lot of people are kind of, you know, a little bit out of it. I don't know if that, that led to it. I mean, you know, a million dollars, a million, what is it, 1.1 million to buy into this? That's a lot of money. Just so million, yeah. I wa- I, my guess is maybe a, a lot of backers didn't want to get involved in this because I would imagine a lot of these is, is, is like that. And we didn't hear about uh, satellites into it for 100000 like we've had in the past. Yeah, they actually canceled, I think, one of the late satellites because they, they had such a small field. Yeah, and I remember. Yeah, I mean, we we've talked about it many times when Gus Hansen and I believe it was Sean Deeb getting back to him uh, played it out, and uh, you know there's going to be a million dollar entry. You know, the one for the entry, and the other one is a million in cash. And Deeb decided to take the cash, and they did it in a very unique way, <laughs> which upset some people as to how they went about it. So, for that last spot, for for, for spot number 48 a few years ago. Yeah, I remember that. Okay, let's take our final break. We'll come and finish things up when we return. Uh, We appreciate you being with us tonight here on Poker Action Line. We hope you stick around to the very end. We'll be back to finish things up when we return. This is Poker Action Line. Hi, this is Big Dave from PokerActionLineRadio.com. I want to let all avid poker players know about a great new lottery game that was developed by one of our sponsors, Atlantic West Management Group. This game is now available worldwide on the Internet and will be served as Place Your Chips Caribbean and operated on the Internet as an international lottery by Atlantic West. The Texas Hold'em poker-like game is perfectly legal everywhere and presented as a lottery game with tickets available on the Internet. You can win pick six lottery tickets and cash prizes by using your poker playing skills. It's open to lottery players worldwide, and right now this game is in a play-for-free test mode, and you are not obligated to purchase anything. You can get 50,000 free play chips per ticket for the purpose of evaluating the game with no prizes awarded until the game goes live. The lottery customer can purchase a ticket with a unique number that will grant them entry into one of many Texas Hold'em poker tables with a chip stack and like a lottery game, the prize value will be based on ticket sales. That chip stack will be valid for the remainder of the week as players can access the site as often as they like to try and take the chip lead. At the end of the week, the highest chip stacks will be awarded lottery prizes, and if you lose all your chips, the lottery ticket becomes null and void. As with regular lottery games, you can purchase as many entries as you like. However, each ticket stands on its own merit, and much like the regular lottery, the results of multiple tickets cannot be combined toward a prize. The name of this game is Place Your Chips Caribbean, and you can access a live demonstration of the game right now at www.placeyourchipscaribbean.com. We believe that when it goes live soon, there will be a heavy demand for this game, as most lottery players would much rather have some say in the outcome of their lottery result. 
Their odds of winning are greatly improved if they're able to utilize their playing skills in order to increase their chances of winning. I hope that you will try the Play for Free demonstration and hope that you will join us when the Play for Real game becomes available later this year. Final segment of the show. Congratulations to Justin Bonomo for winning the big one for one drop. Congratulations to John Sin for winning the main event. Congratulations for Tony Miles for uh, creating a profile that will be not forgotten for a long time. No, and showing a lot of class afterwards with that letter that he wrote. Absolutely. To Sin. That's Absolutely. A lot of class. Congratulations. Uh, yeah, as we man. finish things up here on the show, we do want to let you know that uh, our friends from Atlantic West Management. Uh, and we've been carrying their spots for a long time as they've been trying to develop this uh, special game that benefits the lottery. I can tell you that things are moving forward, and they uh, do have it online. It's just to the point now where we need to get a little more players attending the game. We hope you'll join us in the next few weeks as we set up uh, an inaugural tournament and invite some of our listeners to come on and play against Joe and I uh, at the tables. We will tell you exactly when it is, and uh, if you have any suggestions on when you would like to see to see it played, uh, drop me an email at davebiglem, L-E-M, davebiglem at gmail.com, and uh, we will uh, send you out an invitation and uh, get you involved in it. We're going to have some uh, prizes, some T-shirts, uh, hoodies, possibly, and uh, we also will probably give away some memberships to the uh, Place Your Chips Caribbean site. And uh, it's normally twenty nine ninety nine for a yearly membership. You get 50 uh, of the lottery tickets each week. You can use some of those to play poker and try to win more tickets in the tournament. And uh, we will uh, get to that over the next few weeks. Uh, I'll be talking, setting, with Joe, setting it up with Joe and fit it to the schedule. Uh, but we will let you know exactly when we're going to be there. And we hope you'll join us on the site to play a little bit as well. Yeah, and hopefully, Dave, you know, if they email you, if they have any question as to how the lottery numbers are going to be chosen and everything, I, b- I believe we we will have details, uh, you know, uh, going forward as to how, you know, all that is going to be implemented in, in this site. So. Absolutely. So we'll hope you'll be there. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com that we've been talking about. Finally, uh, kicking off and uh, getting things going. So if we get some players on there, we're going to be happy to uh, have make this thing a big success. For, for you. Um, that's going to do it for tonight's show. Uh, we will uh, be back next week. We are working on a few guests as well. Uh, we appreciate all the people who have been joining us over the last few weeks. You see that our our, uh, our listenership is growing as we move along. We appreciate that everything that uh, Geo does for the show. Joe uh, coming up from Kendall and uh, doing the show every week with me. Both of us. <laughs> and uh, everything uh, to do with this program is uh, we worked hard for eight years and we continue to bring you quality programming every week. That's going to do it. We'll catch you next week on another edition of the show. I'm Big Dave Lemon saying so long till next week on Poker Action On. The views and opinions of the hosts, guests, or callers are not necessarily those of the station, its owners, advertisers, or agencies.